Hey, welcome to Band Advice TV. I am uh, I am Mark. This is Matt. And this is Matt and Mark's astute observations and insightful discussions about music podcast. Welcome you. This is uh, episode six now. Can you believe six already? I can't believe it. I tell you, it's 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 a lot of fun. I've been enjoying doing this, but. There's a lot of work that goes into doing this as well. Man, I'm telling you, the behind-the-scenes stuff's the killer. Yeah, I mean, we'll spend we're gonna spend a couple hours today recording several episodes, and then I'll have to go through and do another hour or two per episode of editing and making us look a lot better. You know, take that frame and kind of thin it up some, yeah. <laughs> change lighting, stuff like that, and editing out certain uh, choice words. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, that never happens, right? No, never. But, you know, once once you get the video out there, though, this is something I've learned, man. It's like, it's a lot. I mean, it's not just about getting the video out there, because then you gotta you gotta promote it. Yeah. And it's you know, first of all, you hit all your your peeps on Instagram and, and on Facebook and things like that. But then once once it goes through my list and then goes through your list, it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah, right. And. I know that there's, you know, it's the same thing with the DIY music too. You know, you can get it out there, you can get it onto iTunes into your uh, Pandora and all that other stuff. But what's the next step? How do you promote it beyond that? Well, you know, yeah. you, there's all sorts of answers to that question. I always liken it like this. It's like, okay, content is king nowadays. Yes. So once you have the content, which that's a whole nother episode, <laughs> you know, writing the songs, learn how to play, learn how to record, all that right, stuff, right. getting the content together. That is nothing more than your ticket to the top of the next trailhead. Yes. That's yes. it. That's arrows for your quiver. And so, you know, you got to have a bunch of content, but you also have to have ways of promoting it. So I read all those things about how to promote your music online, how to promote your music without sounding desperate, how to promote your music effectively. All those kind of articles talk about different things you can do to promote your music and that you figure out real quick is a full-time job in and right. of itself they don't tell you how to find the time to do all <laughs> right that, on exactly. top of all the other stuff that got you to the trailhead so. exactly exactly and so it's really frustrating at times when you're like man you know i could spend a whole day and whole week just doing promotion stuff getting in touch with playlists making friends with radio stations making inroads into you know uh other people's connections of you know listeners of whatever kind of music you're putting out there i mean there's just so many things to do all day long there's just not simply time to do them all right right it's uh it's it's really interesting if you if you look back at the history of music it's like we're the same same game just different players you know you go back to the original back uh when uh, publishers were king you know before records before radio and and uh, music was basically printed and distributed, and then they'd go down and buy buy sheet music, and take it home, and little Susie would play it around the piano, mm-hmm. or orchestras would play it live and stuff. That's that's how music was was bought and sold back in the day. And you have the publisher, which is what we'd call the modern day record label, mm-hmm. is what the publishers were. But then they even they had this whole network of of promotions. They had these guys called song pluggers. These are the cats that would sit there at the piano inside these music stores and they sit there and play the songs. And if somebody wanted to hear what a song sounded like, they'd take it over to the cashier. The cashier would send it upstairs to the mezzanine level where this guy's playing piano and he'd play the, play the song. And then everybody in the store would be like, Ooh, that's great. I'm going to buy it. And a lot of times these guys were on the payroll of the publishers. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that game started back then and didn't change much as we moved into modern times. So, if there was a, a break in the requests, they, they would plug the songs from these publishers. And 
you know, and then we move, we fast forward to when, when recordings come out and, you know, you got the A&R guys and they go ahead and they, they press the, the records and they send them out to the radio stations, but you still have to have somebody on the phone bugging them. What'd you call them? Well, they're like, you know, they're song promoters. The song promoters, right. They, they would get on the horn and they'd call up these radio stations and just say, hey, hit this one or, hey, we're going to be in town or, uh, hey, uh, check check the envelope in your top dra- uh, desk drawer there. I left <laughs> you something. And, <laughs> uh, and there's other nefarious things that we don't necessarily need to go into, but your imagination will. If you ever watch, did you ever watch that, uh, that HBO series called Vinyl? I heard a lot about it and it never was, did actually see it. It was it was interesting. Is there they took a lot of um, historical license or creative license with the history of some of this stuff, trying to group it all together into a single timeline. But you know the the whole uh, prostitutes and cocaine thing it, it definitely highlighted that aspect of, of the music business. And of course, because you wanted the radio stations to play it, that was the best promotion ever. Because the kids will hear it on the radio, they'll go down and buy the record. Well, now here we are in the digital age. And yeah, we can go ahead and put the stuff out ourselves, but we still got to get it in the hands of people. And once you've exhausted your stuff, so what, what's the next gig? I mean, what, what's the what's the answer? Well, you get of course, it's cocaine, 15... and, cocaine and hookers. <laughs> what what else? No. Uh, do you uh, do you hire your 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 kids' fifteen year old uh, social media guru to get out there and, and hit the pavement and make these these email lists and Instagrams and viral stuff, or do you you pay the the money for these these services that offer these same things or yeah i mean i i don't know really what the answer is you know i mean i, I tend to try a few things and see how that works and see if i get any results and once i'm satisfied either i'm going to get some results or i'm not then i just kind of maybe move on to something else but you know 90 percent of what i spend my time doing is trying to continue to get work right live work is you know three quarters of how i make my living and so I have a lot of time trying to keep that going and keep, you know, if I need a bass player or a drummer, if I need a whatever on this gig, how am I going to get that? Whatever. And so, you know, I, I'm not very good at promoting the stuff either. And I, I always, I just kind of watch the big guys, see what they're doing, you know? I mean, okay, well, I understand they got a huge audience, a lot bigger than my, my audience, may, maybe. But you know, they're putting stuff out continually. It's constant content. Okay, that's one thing I've noticed is it's constant content. Whether it's a backstage video somewhere, or them playing some instrument, or them playing one of their songs, or them acting ridiculous. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a studio release. It can just be. And that's the beauty of it. Interesting. Is. Now, you know, you, you don't, it, there's, the bridles are off. You can put out anything you want. There's no filters. There's no right. gatekeepers, okay. really. And so, you know, the days of waiting for all this post-production on an album, it's just not all that much necessary nowadays. You know, I mean, my own releases, I've just kind of come to the realization it's it's a lot easier now to put out music that's just digital in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not print, printing a CD on everything I'm putting out. I'm just putting it on my website and see if I can get some people over there interested in checking it out, you know. And, uh, you know, social media is just this reams of paper written about that. And, you know, it's all these algorithms and all these things that I've learned just on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. You know, I mean, you kind of start to figure out. It's like, well, if I'm just sharing YouTube links then those posts are automatically not going to be seen by near as many people on my friends list. 
Okay. That's the way Facebook has set it up to where they don't want you leaving their their site. Okay. So a, a link that's that makes sense. You know, shared from YouTube is automatically not going to be seen by near as many people as it would be if it was a Facebook native link where you actually put the file on Facebook. Right, right. You know, the problem... That makes it tough to monetize that, though. Well, I think you can. Can you? I think you can. I, I, and I've you know, read something about that not too long ago, and I just, there again, I just don't have the time to follow all right. these little leads every single time something like that happens. And then once I get, get to it, read about it, it's like, well, that all makes sense, but I don't really know the steps to the to get it all together, you know? And so I'm not the one to take advice or example on being great at promoting stuff online, but I do it as much as I can, Mm -hmm. as good as I can. And some things work, some things don't. I mean, it's crazy. You know, like I just put out this EP on the website. You can download this EP for free if you put in your email address. Okay. So behind that, I wanted to design the fact of, okay, um, you know, the people that really want to hear from me, they will be on the mailing list. Right. That way, it's not like they're going to miss some posts that I put up once a week or twice a week on social media. They're not going to miss it. They're going to actually see it in their inbox. Okay. So my thinking is get the people that really want to hear from you and get contact with them directly mm-hmm. so on your email stuff you you're curating this list are you using a service like constant contact or something like that that's tracking and giving you some analytics as to how many views and click-throughs and stuff you're yeah getting there's a back end of it you know my website's hosted bandzoogle and so there's a oh, okay. back end of it that'll tell you you know uh here's what the percentage was of people that opened the ma- oh, okay, message great. Here's how many was delivered. Here's how many bounced back. Uh, here, you know, and there's some analytics and in, in the backside of it, and so that's been kind of helpful. I mean, even myself, I'm a subscriber to hundred probably email lists. Mm-hmm. Do I open every one of them? Absolutely not. Do I want to? Yes, I do. <laughs> Guess what? The commodity is here. It's time. Right, right. And so that's, you know, you think about your average person. I mean, they don't have four hours a day every day to look at every email list they get, you know? And so it's just a real struggle to maintain and attract attention in this day and age. Mm-hmm. We are being entertained to death, Mark. Oh, Seriously. I tell you, it's crazy. So do you feel, still feel that uh, email is a viable service? I mean, no, I know that the younger generation now is more into the in-app messaging and posts and social media kind of stuff and that they don't use emails anymore. Yeah. I actually had some, some millennial at my business where I work the other day says, why do we collect email addresses? Nobody uses it. It's like, well, because our core business is the 50 to 60 year old businessmen. That's why we collect their email addresses. Yeah. And those but, people think they're really, you know, hip and on the cutting edge. Now if they have an email address right. that they actually know how to get to, and they can actually tell you what it is. Sure. But I mean, the younger ones, yeah, they, it's just all gloves are off. Right. So it's plus emails. There's just that inherent flaw in the whole design of it that anybody can email anyone. And then the spam part of it's killing it. So, yeah. you know, if I did not, need it if it was not a necessity i wouldn't have an email address these days i really wouldn't but where would you get all your messages from you think uh probably some sort of in-app message thing you know if i want to hear from somebody let them text me or there's a bunch of different uh uh, group text kind of apps that are out there group me and whatsapp remind me whatsapp WhatsApp, all those kind of stuff yeah 
So something to that effect. But then, you know, once again, it's, you're trying to curate a list. And how do you how do you get to these people? And then, and I like your idea of releasing the EP. And uh, I must have missed the Facebook post on that. Otherwise, it would have gone and done it. Yeah. I, will, well, I will after this is over. Well, so. and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I always feel like, okay, I don't want to be a pest. Right. I want... Uh, to have a presence out there and I don't want to feel like I'm cyber begging. Mm-hmm. I know that I've practiced long and hard at my craft and I'm, I'm, you know, this is my life. Right. And, you know, I'm putting it out there and making it available, but I just don't really, I don't really respond to just browbeat advertising either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of that. And so I try to like make, make it, sense make it make sense you know but i'm like i said i look at some of these people that have got eight hundred thousand followers and you know the the trick is they're putting out content every two hours right you know and i I, that right there could take all day just doing that every day right absolutely and then then that comes down to the whole uh yeah my dogs are on the loose uh that comes (laughs) get out of here Okay, edit that section out. <laughs> but it comes down to what you... Edit that section out, too. Okay. So, yeah, I, I totally get that you don't want to pester people all the time and, and like you said, cyber-begging. But is posting content cyber-begging? Hang, hang I, I guess not. <laughs> out! Get out! Go downstairs. Now. Downstairs. <laughs> the kids don't shut the door. What's that? Is that a boxer? No, it's a pit. Pit? Okay. Pit. Is that the one you, you adopted, rescued, or something? He adopted us, showed up on our, oh. on our front porch in the coldest day of the year. Oh, man. It's ago. hard to turn him away like yeah. that. <laughs> and then couldn't find a home for him, so we ended up... Uh, Adopting a second one because that made sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we got a Bajon for his age. It's like, yeah. and the Bajon's the boss. That's oh, just funny. Oh man! All right, so <clears throat> get back into mode here. All right, so I, I get what you're saying about the, the cyber begging, but also to your point, you're saying that you got to constantly put content out there. Mm-hmm. So striking that balance. Yeah, you know how does it how does it look like you're putting out interesting content? To, to drive people to your site without mm. it looking like you're just trying to drive people to your site. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, that's the that's the dilemma. That's the million-dollar question, huh? That's the <laughs> dilemma. It's like for me to feel comfortable about it plus to get people engaged. And what I've realized is, okay, s- sharing a, a link to your YouTube channel on Facebook is just going to do very minimal okay. to getting people engaged. It's not even going to do much in your uh, likes, subscription, anything. They'll like it, but they're scanning to the next thing. Sure. And so, you know, likes don't always mean, like, okay, everybody that liked all of my posts about the EP, Mm -hmm. do you think every one of them signed up on the mailing list and got it for free? No. No. Why not? There's the mystery. That's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night wondering. Well, they'll like it, but they won't take the time to go download it. What... What's the disconnect here? Well, okay. I do remember seeing your thing about the EP, and I'll tell you exactly my situation. When I saw it, I was in the middle of something else. I was, I was scanning by or I got distracted, whatever, and had every intention of going back. Well, once it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Right. Facebook needs to have some sort of remind me later kind of thing. So when mm-hmm. you, you like it, it, says, oh, bug me about this later. Yeah. And, you know, that. And there you go, Zuckerberg. There's, your, always, there's the next million dollar idea. I always put it in saved. 
Yeah. Just something I want to watch later. It's a 30-minute video, and I'm doing something else, and I just really want to watch it. I'll put it in saved. Then I forget to go look at the saves. And <laughs> but so, no, that's, that's a good point. You know, that, that, that so. like, you know, it's almost like a filter. Because it's like, okay, I can scroll through here and see what I want to see. Okay, and save that. Then later on, I can actually devote some time to looking at it, listening to it, figuring out what it is. You know, but I mean, not everybody's on Facebook. Not everybody no. doesn't use email. There's just no one real answer. Right. You know, right. you look at all the big bands. They got a website. They got how many badges of different social media things. Mm-hmm. About half of them probably I recognize. The mm-hmm. other half I have no idea. Yeah. And so I, I think the biggest thing, rather than waiting for David Geffen to come sprinkle us with a million dollars, is just hire a, somebody that's really good on all platforms of social media and the internet and just let them kind of tell you what they think you know is the best avenues to promote your music you know that's what i'm kind of looking for is somebody that not necessarily is a music business geek bigwig whatever i'm just looking for somebody that knows computer stuff knows how to operate all the social media and can just take that completely sure that comes with a price and how many diy musicians can afford somebody like that that's going to be yeah, I, I mean, I've gotten thousands of dollars I've a gotten, month. Yeah, I've gotten bids from you know several of these firms, and it's amazing what they charge. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and I'm like, okay, to to administrate two social media accounts, run your email list, do this, do that, and it's just like, my God, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> and how much time are they actually devoting to it? Are they say they're going to administrate this. I mean, when it comes down to to minutes and seconds and dollars and cents what's that equate out to i mean you got a room full of geeks it's like okay well i need to do a twitter post right now and they'll they'll queue it up on their software they'll spend an hour and get 20 twitter posts all set up for the next two or three days Mm -hmm. you know it's what what how much time are you actually paying for yeah well that's that's true that's That's true because they're not going to tell you the (laughs) they're not going to tell you their secrets of their business yeah well you know it's it's time you know you're yeah. you're trying to use your time for the thing that you do the best and i feel really you know like i'm in unfamiliar waters in a lot of that mm-hmm. i could do really well with somebody that knew about that and that was their job but you know like you said i mean being able to pay them a big sum of money maybe it's not going to be somebody that's doing this as a profession right now maybe this is just going to come from you know, somebody who's in their 20-somethings that wants to learn how to play guitar, and I agree to teach them for yeah. however long, and they agree to work however long on Dude, whatever project. for a long time, didn't you? Yeah, and that was really good, you know, and I'm, I'm really into the bartering, trading type thing because, you know, the idea is you want everything to come out good for everybody. Sure, sure. You know, and, and too many times in business arrangements, I feel like it not so equal you know no it's not and so something like that could be really beneficial to everybody involved you know it kind of reminds me of a story i heard about when kid rock was getting his start and he's still i guess he was sweeping floors at the studio and getting time at night and he's starting up his record label so he did the intern route he basically says hey I'm gonna. I've got this intern program. You can come work for such and such record company for the summer, and you're gonna get this college credit and all that. And he just put these these kids to work. And you know that was back in the day when interns didn't get paid. Now when interns get paid fair wage like anybody else, which not all of them. Well, it is in my company. We're paying our interns, and sometimes it's better salary than they're paying people that work. There. Man, I see <laughs> all the crazy. time. You know, people are looking for interns, and it's like, you know, I, I've tried some of that myself, and you know. 
I mean, I live in a small town, so it's kind of hard to draw people that have the, you know, the drive to and understand what you're even doing. It's hard to find people like that. And so I've, I've explored some of that too, you know, but at the end of the day, you still got to make something attractive for them. You know, you got to have something there that they want. And, right. you know, there's plenty of, plenty of things that are non-paid, non-paid things in the music business. Don't get me wrong. I've seen <laughs> them all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like there's a good opportunity for, for a startup there. If you get a couple of kids that are very tech savvy together and then they come up with some, you know, stair-stepped packages that they can offer local bands, you know, say, okay, you're, you're the, the 50 plus year old band that plays, uh, plays all the sixties and seventies music once a week. Well, we'll, we'll manage your email list and we'll do this amount for this amount. Mm. Uh, if you're the guy that's doing the DIY and wants to hit, go viral on, on, on Twitter, well, then we'll do this for you, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of package it and price it accordingly. So, sure, if there's yeah. any kids out there that are interested in that, contact me because we might we might stir up a business or something. So, yeah, that'd be good. We had a little help on the tech part of it because, <laughs> like I said, I've said before, I'm I feel it's exhausting sometimes it just is. to keep up with it all. It and is. then, well, just now, I mean, it took 20 minutes to download the video off the phone because my Wi-Fi was all hosed up. It's like, are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, that's 20 minutes we could have been drinking that brandy of yours. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, social media, but that's 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 where it is these days. That's that's your your song pluggers. It's it's these these kids and these people out there that know how to you know, hey, you guys need to do a video on treadmills and that'll go viral and yeah, it right. worked out great for them, you know. They ditched their label and they're, they're making a good living by getting that notoriety. So Oh, yeah. Okay, go, I think. Yeah. I'm not really sure what it takes on the YouTube thing to get really going big time, but some of those people, I mean, they're just—it's just pretty amazing how what what they're able to make and the views they're able to get mm-hmm. just doing some pretty normal stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, see, that's the thing—the record labels, you know, they they miss the boat with the whole uh, selling music online digital thing. But when YouTube came out and it started looking like that, this was an opportunity to monetize it. They jumped on it. They created that Vivo. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was basically, and if you, you see some of the older bands and you'll look at a video from before the Vivo and then they, they'll be on the Vivo channel says, and we've, this is the starting point of where the hits were so that they would, you know, continue their hits as they did the migration over to it. So mm-hmm. they finally figured out monetizing YouTube was definitely a way to go. And uh, so I got to give them kudos on that. Well, yeah, man, it's just a, it's just the sign of the times, you right. know. I mean, in not in two thousand and nine or ten, when my cable bill was nearly a hundred dollars a month, I just was like, well, there's just a whole lot more stuff on YouTube oh, or yeah. Hulu or anything else that I'd much rather watch, and yep. it doesn't cost anything, right? Yeah, people are uh, there's a big exodus that's happening right now, and. Uh, I knew somebody I worked at the cable company and, and she explained to me why it has to be that high. It's because they have to pay for the programming, whether people watch it or not. So you just, you got them and you are required and to carry this many channels. If you don't, the owner of those channels may not give you any of them. And uh, so my problem was I, I never could understand why you couldn't just make it like a cafeteria type thing. Cart. Yeah, exactly. You know, why but, do I have to subscribe to the second level of cable to get VH1 classic? Well, it's because of what that, that deal is like. They have to pay for the channel. There's huge contracts that are going in there, so they can't gamble on the fact that X number of people are going to want it. They're going to say, we're going to go ahead and charge you for it already and give it to you already. Uh, and, you know, it's 
But the a la carte thing, and that's uh, that's why the streaming is so popular now. It's why people sit around and watch YouTube videos all day long because it's the a la carte. They can choose what well, they want and to I just skip figure, it if they don't. I just figure no matter how cool VH1 Classic ever got, I mean, there's thousands of hours of content available on YouTube that they would never put on there no. for whatever reason, you know? And so I'd just soon spend an hour on that than I would anything else. And so that supersedes cable TV, mm-hmm. radio, terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. And so now it's sort of like it's a whole different world. And so you got, we're just figuring out how to make it work. It's like you're in the wild west now. You <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. This is the wild west. Nobody really has the answer. The major labels don't have no, the answer. No. Yeah. Cause it's, it's happening organically in a way. And you know, you think it's going to go down a certain path and all of a sudden it changes. And you know, YouTube's hot right now. It may not be this time next year. You never know. It, it may not. It could, it could be some new interactive technology that comes out that combines all this stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Who knows what the answer is? So. The, the answer is it's always going to change, and you just got to be ready right. to roll with the punches, you know. And you got to be willing to take risks and try it. So, mm-hmm. and I guess that's a it's a pretty good way of kind of wrapping this up when you talk about uh, your music and, and the things you're trying to do with social media. It's like just keep your eye out there, try it, and see what works. If it doesn't, you can try it again or or move on to the next great thing. You know, don't uh, don't just limit yourself. It's there's too many things out there, and you know you never know what's going to catch. So. That's what I would do. I'd try to follow up on every opportunity I see that looks good. All right, cool. Somehow or another. All right, well, good talk, Matt. Good talk. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys also enjoyed it on this latest episode of Matt and Mark's Astute Observations. And in in what? Insightful. (laughs) Insightful. Does that mean we incite people to riot? Uh, Pretty much. Insightful discussions about music. So here on Band Advice TV and bandadvice.com. Yes, all those websites need to be updated. I'm aware of that. I'll get to work on it too. So anyway, if you like it, you know, click share. Uh, when the uh, when the Patreon link shows up at the bottom there, be sure to click on that. One of these days, I'm actually going to print up some hats and T-shirts and some stuff, too. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to get crazy. Okay, you on so, Home Shopping Channel selling that? You no, know, but there, the, we can talk about merchandising in, in a future episode and the different opportunities that are out there for, for merchandising these days. So, All right, until next time, remember, it's not just good advice, it's band advice. Peace.